For this episode, we have two guests. Daisy and Michael join us to help answer the question, is it safe to visit Iran? Now, we recorded this episode in August, the year of our Lord, 2022. And the subsequent month, well, things kind of went a bit squiffy. Yep, the shit hit the fan. Once again, as it seems to always do here in Iran. Well, David and I believe most of the points we talked about still stand. Still, you should, as always, check with the relevant authorities before making any plans to travel to Iran. Obviously, we cannot be held responsible for giving you shit advice. Which we normally do. With that out of the way, let's get on with the show. Let's get on with the show. Hello. Hey, hey, how are we? Oh, hi. Oh, hey. How's it going, Michael? Good. Why does it say Michael Hilliard Medrushka Zelensky? <laughs> uh, I have to do that for work and one I have to do lots of um, present and talking in Russian and, and speaking to Russian people. So, yeah, it's usually easier if you're speaking to a Russian audience to have both so they can kind of tell who's who and, and uh, in case they don't speak English. Yeah. In oh. case you don't know, we neither of us speak Russian. <laughs> That's I wouldn't, true. I That's wouldn't true. recommend it. It's a terrible. It's a terrible language. You got they got rich literature, mm-hmm. but you can never learn it. I tried listening to it, then I felt like I wanted to die in a gulag. <laughs> <laughs> the the literature is uh, interesting to say the least. Uh, there's a great Russian book I was going to buy in Petersburg. Um, that's the complete guide to Russian history. And on, on the first page, it just says, and then it got worse. And it just says that on every single oh. page of the book. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you've reminded me you're after a book and we were trying to help you. Did you get that book? Uh, it's the Ruknama. I got lots of digital mm. copies, but I still haven't got a pink copy. But I've decided the easiest way to do this is just to go to Turkmenistan. So <laughs> I'll probably end up going to, go to Turkmenistan later in the year. I well, emailed their embassy in Tehran. And I, I don't think they ever responded. But they rarely do. They, they, yeah. Turkmen embassies are, are notorious for getting anything out of them, particularly at the moment. Mm. Well, Michael, if you're in the area. Of course. I already put it in my diary. The plan is to go... Spend some time in Turkmenistan, and if I had the time, then head down to Iran as well and catch up with you guys. Yeah. Oh, sounds great. Yeah, when we last spoke, you were saying you were hoping to come visit again. Yes, I, I had a um, plan on uh, being in Iran around this time of year, but uh, yeah, not unfortunately, but my fiance and I have had a child. So we're, uh, we're kind of, we got cancelled a few trips. Ah, Mazalta. Congratulations. So, yes, we are day nine. Yeah, day nine. So, oh no. wow. wow! Congratulations! Yes, still. <laughs> so yeah, hence why we kind of we were supposed to be probably in that region of the world right now, but it was you know, do we want to be going through Turkmenistan nine months pregnant? Probably not. <laughs> oh, amazing! So, uh, out of interest, uh, what Iranian name did you give your child? Mm-hmm. George, which is pretty close to Iranian. You know, it's close to Iran. We have Armenian George. There you go. Yeah. That'll George. do. George. Yeah. Iranian Armenians, mm. I think they pronounce it George. Yeah, George would be right. If you're from uh, Tabriz or something, you, yeah, George sounds right. Yeah. And uh, if he grows up in Iran, he ends up being an alcohol dealer. <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. That's what they do. Um, not making any comments on people I met while I was in, in that country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're, you're not far off. <laughs> we might be talking about the same as George. Um so, gentlemen, do you mind if I do a little bit of an intro here? Uh, Michael, welcome back to Ask an Iranian. It's great to have you 
with us once again. You joined us on a previous episode, episode 34, mm-hmm. which was titled, What's the Deal with Iran? Now, Michael, you yourself have been to Iran, correct? I have indeed. Absolutely love my time in Iran. It's a fascinating country, fascinating place, and uh, fascinating people. So, mm-hmm. Michael is the host of the Red Line podcast, an incredible mm. podcast that is, uh, uh, we are just in the shadow of that at the moment. You know, I think last time we spoke, which was shadow, quite a few, dude, like we, we, a year we're not or even so seeing the dust. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think you were on something like, was it 8 yeah. million downloads or something like that? I think well, that was like over a, a year ago now. So uh, how's it going? We're pretty close to closing in on the 20 million at the moment, which is pretty nice. Um, so Amazing. Busy as always. Uh, but again, you know, if I if I don't get a chance to talk to you guys about Iran, my f- poor fiance is going to have to listen to me talk about Iran uh, for another hundredth <laughs> time. So, you know, it's always mm. nice to talk to someone else and not have her listen to me ramble on about Iranian politics for another two hours. I'd like to listen to your ramble on Iranian things. <laughs> you ramble away. You want to have an affair? <laughs> Look, I mean, know. we should also add at this point that Michael's quite a dish as well. He's, uh, he's quite... A good-looking chap. Mm-hmm. Yummy. Well, that's yeah. the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. You know, I've been always been told yeah. that I have the perfect face for radio, so I've always just stuck with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one's going to see any of our faces, so, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. Yeah. yeah, either way. So, Michael, the subject matter today relates to a question I received from my brother-in-law, who is curious about coming to Iran, mm-hmm. uh, now being married to a half-Iranian girl. But his parents are advising otherwise, and so is the British government. So uh, a question we have from him was, is it safe to visit Iran? What do you think about that? So obviously, you know, my my background was a conflict journalist. So I've traveled to lots of countries and lots of dangerous countries and lots of safe countries and all sorts of places. Uh, Iran is not a particularly dangerous country. You know, obviously, every country has a, you know, you have to be, uh, you know, do equations differently. You have to take different precautions, but they're pretty standard precautions. Um, obviously, have an idea where your hotel is. You know, always look up stuff beforehand. Have a half dozen words that you know off the top of your head. You know, where is, how, no, thank you, thank you, that kind of stuff. But generally, Iran, the biggest threat you're going to have is they'll overfeed you to death. (laughs) Exactly. Um, It is a, you know, wonderful country. And again, it is for someone who maybe has just done the very, very touristy, maybe Paris and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it might be a bit daunting at first, the airport and whatnot. But generally, once you get over that first hurdle of the airport, it's pretty easy from there. Most Iranians are pretty helpful. They're willing to help you. They're well, you know, if you look lost, they'll probably come up and ask you if you need any help. And as for the the government warnings, uh, obviously it's there because there are incidences of people being, you know, effectively not ransomed, but obviously they've gotten in trouble and the government of Iran will use it to leverage with other governments. But most of the time you find uh, most of the people who've been captured in those situations have been doing something that was a little bit odd anyway. Uh, for instance, the Australian mm. case, you know, they were flying a drone over a restricted area inside Tehran. Uh, and when mm-hmm. asked to delete the footage or hand over the, my hand over the mm. SD card, they refused to do so, which is just, you know, anyone who's traveled to any of these sort of countries knows that, you know, if, if a cop says, look, delete it and we'll, we'll call it a day, that's, that's you know, mm. that's the option you usually want to take. Uh, so for your brother-in-law who's looking to go, I would say bring a bigger set of pants because you're going to be about 10 kilos heavier by the time you get home. Exactly. But generally, it's it's all fine. Obviously, you know, do some research beforehand, know generally the area, get an idea of what it's like, meet, talk with locals. You know, every local is actually pretty helpful. And if you're like, hey, I don't know where anything is and I'm a bit lost, 
most Iranians I found were really helpful and happy to go, you know step aside and go, hey, look, you know, my English is not good, but we can Google Translate between us, or we can, you know, what you're looking for is two streets that way and to the right. And you go, fantastic, thanks. Well, that's that. surprising because uh, usually people say my English is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's even a, Google Translate will not help you. But so. that's the thing with Iranians; they'll say my English isn't good, but in perfect English. You know, I'm Australian, and my English, <laughs> their, their English is better than mine. Oh, do you speak English in Australia? Yeah, we just speak, uh, you know, Kangaroo. a rap sort of, you know, distorted version of English uh, with a lot of twang right through it. Yeah. But yes, for your brother-in-law, I'd say if the airport will be daunting for someone who maybe hasn't been to this region in the world before. Every airport in this region is. Uh, but once you Michael, get through- which airport did you come into, sorry? Imam Khomeini or- I think I came into Imam Khomeini. Hmm. I wouldn't say that place is daunting. You and me are used to that. The chaotic airports for me, you know, I feel like I'm home. It's nice. But I know that, you know, I've taken partners or friends who haven't been to these regions of the world and they find the airport a little bit chaotic. Mm. You know, there's guys right there trying to get you to get in a taxi or trying to do this and that. For someone who's maybe only done, you know, Paris airport or New York airport or something like that, where it is very touristy, that can be a little bit daunting. Yeah. But generally, Google stuff beforehand, know what you're doing. And once you get into Tehran or into the main cities or even out to the outer cities, everything's fine. You know, generally everyone is lovely. And my biggest recommendation is to make sure you bring a bigger pair of pants because you will eat everything and they will keep- Noted. They will keep giving you food. And if you're a little bit awkward like me, you're probably not going to say no. You're just going to politely nod as they keep blowing up your plate and it ends up with this horrible infinite loop of I keep eating and they keep filling my plate. And yeah, that's uh, that's about yes. as dangerous and scary as things you got for me in that country. Yeah, you're very kind, but before I dispute your points of view- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask David to introduce our main guest. And I'm saying main guest because, of course, ladies are the dominant factor in Iran. And uh, you'll know it once you're here. So, we have the lovely Daisy here. Now, Daisy has given us some audio previously to help us out on previous episodes. And Daisy, hi, how are you? Hello. Well, I'm honored to be introduced in such a beautiful way. Thank you, guys. And I'm happy to talk to you again, see yeah, you also quite. after a long time. Uh, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm okay uh, if we consider the heat here because I'm in Pesh when it's summer. Yeah, where, it's where is Pesh exactly? <laughs> In the Persian Gulf, in the south of Iran. So that's why it's so warm. For those who haven't come yet, I encourage them to come. It's really beautiful. And one of my favorite places in Iran is the fact that I decided to quit Tehran to come and live here. Excellent. Amazing. Actually, Mohammed suggested that we come and join you in Qesh, mm. do the recording. Now, yeah. I, like you, I love it's my most favorite place by far in Iran. It's got so many different UNESCO World Heritage things going on there. But when Mohammed suggested that, I looked at the app to check the weather because mm -hmm. it's kind of like peak summer there. And it was like 49 feels like death, I think was the explanation. It's absolutely insanely hot there. I mean, because of the humidity, uh, yeah. mostly. And I don't know how you do it. But uh, congratulations on doing it. Thank you. So far, I've survived. I'm sorry, you are all good, God-fearing Muslim people, of course. So the probability of uh, any of us going to hell is uh, very low. Yes. At the chance. So, and it would be a very good experience <laughs> to see what the rest of the non-Shia Muslim people are going to suffer. Yes. So, yeah, maybe next year. Yes, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, Daisy, help us out here and uh, explain why you are in Qesh. What are you doing there? Are you still recording the podcast? Oh, 
the name is, I don't know, Le Baguette, avec fromage sur le mer. Bravo! Oh, was that real French? No. Well, I heard the few French. Oh, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> um, I was impressed. Good one. Um, no, we stopped about uh, two years ago, I think. Oh, Sacre Bleu. Okay. Sacre Bleu. Which I think only the English say that. This, I think I've never heard it in my life. <laughs> yeah. Am I getting this right? You are a tour guide or in somehow related to the tourism industry there? Can we officially say that as well? We can officially say that. Okay. We're not going to get in trouble yeah, for you. Uh, before when I was in Tehran, I was working in tourism because I was working for a tourist agency. And when I came here, I started working with a guest house here, which I can say is the best guest house in Pej. I do believe it. Uh, and yeah, I work with foreign tourists who come here. I'm not Told you a tour guide, I'm, I prefer to handle the communication with tourists, uh, to bring people and this kind of things, and but also mm. accompany them sometimes. Okay, so, so you want to give a shout out to the to the guest house? We don't know the name yet. The, the guest house is Koludang. That's a difficult name for me. We're going to add that on the website yeah. and people can link to it from there. I don't know what you just said, Daisy, but it's... Everybody said that. I don't understand why. Koludang. Probably is French pronunciation of whatever that is. I don't know. <laughs> It's actually oh. Teshmi. Oh. It means nest. So you're invited. When the weather cools down. It never really cools down, but... Is is the nest about a turtle nest or is it just a nest as in a, pe a people's nest? Because I know that you guys are pretty famous for having uh, all these turtles that go out into the in the Persian Gulf from what I understand. Yeah, actually there is a, yeah. a beach. Where they come and do the, the thing once mm. a year, maybe twice a year. I don't know. Uh, once a year, when the weather is hot, actually, when it's summer, oh. so they came, they left. I missed it. But uh, the name actually is for a nest, for bird nest. That's interesting. So next year, even though it's hot, I'm going to be there, bring my frying pan and butter with me. <laughs> yes, for the delicacy. Turtle soup, probably. Not uh, turtle soup, and just like the sunny side up, like turtle oh egg, God. sunny oh side God. up thing. Don't, it's going to be delicious, don't. right? Yeah. I may not be. I will let you go, though, if you don't mind. <laughs> I don't want trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so Daisy, if you are involved in the tourism industry, I guess you will be welcoming people or at least saying good things to people to say, hey, come on, come across. Um, am I right? Do you have positive things to say about Iran? What is your answer to this question? Is it safe to visit Iran? Of course, my answer is that it's safe. And yeah, uh, I have to say it and repeat it again. And it's interesting, actually, I've seen this question coming back. You know, since I'm here in Iran, it's been four years now I'm in Iran. And so it's been four years I've been hearing this question because I work with tourists. Uh, but I had the feeling that it gets better, maybe because of COVID, nobody would come, so nobody would ask. Uh, but once again, it started and people are asking, is it safe? And for sure, I just tell them that this one of the safest places I've visited. I've traveled not a lot, but I've traveled a few countries over the world and I lived in Paris before I came to live in Iran, and for sure, Paris was way more dangerous. I mean, I had way more problems in Paris than I ever had in four years in Tehran. It's a really safe country. And me, I traveled here because uh, the first time I traveled here, I was alone. So as a woman, I traveled alone the whole country, and really, I truly felt safe. Of course, I was careful because you always, you always have to. Yeah. But I had just help from everybody. I think the fact of being a woman actually, you know, yeah. 
people would help me more because of that, because I would look, you know, I would be alone in a a train station that was obviously foreigner from my clothes, from the way I would look around me and things like this. So people would come toward me and help me all the time. So it's definitely for sure safe. Okay. And do your family share the same opinion? Yeah, they do because they've came by themselves. They've seen it by themselves. Oh, wow. They were a little bit scared, of course, at the beginning when I first traveled to Iran, not when I decided to settle here. When I first traveled, of course, they were afraid, like everybody, you would say you go to Iran. But then I just told them what I experienced and they were totally convinced and then they've seen it by themselves and they're just totally at peace of mind now. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, what parents do. They worry. Mm. Yeah. Michael will know in like three days. <laughs> Going to Turkmenistan. Well, Michael and his lady had a child quite recently. Wow. A nine-day-old, oh, yes. beautiful Australian baby. Called George. Ha- half Australian. Be. No, she's English. Or... Yes, my partner is English. I'm really confused now. (laughs) We'll catch up. You'll catch up. Don't worry. Daisy, you pointed out something interesting there, and I think Michael alluded to this earlier as well, that um, me, myself, I feel safer in Tehran or in probably most places of Iran, bar the uh, borders probably, relative to places around Europe, certainly London sometimes known as Stabistan, I think, these days. I, I go to London and seriously, I'm, I'm a bit freaked out. I don't like to be out at night. And now it's a mixture of things. Crime is one, and then the amount of drunk people on the streets at night. But here in Iran, uh, there's not so many drunk people out on the streets, any at all. So, so that's one thing. And also, not only that, the... Iranians generally stay up until late anyway, so it's not odd for me living near a park that the children are in the park at midnight, one in the morning, with their parents playing in the park, screaming as they get dragged out of the park at midnight or slightly after. By their parents, by the way. Yes, They're not, being dragged not by me. out of the park. <laughs> not by me. Michael, please do not mute yourself. Uh. <laughs> I should. I don't know if I should be laughing at that joke though. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, you've been on the podcast before. We've been politically a little bit incorrect. We're more so now. So yeah, you haven't listened to our recent episodes, <laughs> the one with the uncles and whatever. oh, the one about the and, uh, rapey uncles. And yeah. probably you would have never wanted to talk to either of us. Uh, so it's a good thing that you haven't Look, listened I, uh, to. I have listened certain to uncles like that as well. We're a bit. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, so I'll tell him. My uncle says hi to him. <laughs> they probably killed, brought a bus together at some point. You know? They probably complained the whole way. Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, Daisy raised a really good point. That, you know, people have this envision going in that it's going to be a, a third world nation or it's going to be a, don't touch the food, it'll all be poisoned. And I can tell you, I've eaten lots of street food over the years. I've eaten lots of food in Iran. I've eaten lots of food all over the place. And the only place that's given me food poisoning in the last 10 years is a Mexican joint in Australia. So, uh, I think, you know, the food's great, you know, and again, if you try and go there, and that's what I think everyone who's been to Iran never says it's dangerous once they've been there. They always come back and go, wow, that was great and cheap and lovely and the food was great and, you know, keen to go back and, you know, also dentistry is really cheap and I'll go there when I need teeth done. (laughs) You know, uh, medical uh, tourism. But yeah, it is a really weird thing that once people go, they love it and they want to go back. I've never heard of someone go to Iran and kind of hate it and not just really, really, you know, think it's dangerous. Whereas I know lots of people have been to Paris. I know lots of people have been to, you know, London and uh, all these kind of really touristy cities and gone, man, that was way more expensive and worse than I thought it was going to be. I'm never going back to Paris. Mm. 
Um, and yeah. I think, you know, that's, you know, as much as the media might perception of, of Iran might be slightly different when you get there, it's a, it's a very different country uh, and people are, are mm. incredibly friendly. Um, you know, so I, I can't recommend high enough. Yeah. Well, I do agree with you. I mean, if I've never been to Iran, it is going to be absolutely unexpected mm. for you. Whatever your experience is, is going to be way different than what you mm. what you expect. But, um, well, yeah. I have, unfortunately, a couple of examples of people who have been to Iran and don't want to come back ever. But, uh, well, they had bad experiences here. <laughs> Were they journalists? And, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they can't come back even if they want to. They, w- they would mm. definitely want to come back. But, yeah. yeah. No, unfortunately not. Those people were not journalists. But generally, Iran is safe in many ways. People are wrong if they think Iran is not safe in the ways they think Iran is unsafe. Mm. Yeah. You're always taking a risk no matter where you go. And there is no place on earth that is absolutely safe. Every country has its own dangers. When you're traveling to Iran, one that Michael pointed out was uh, the the being fed to death. <laughs> yes. But, uh, but before before we move on, there's one record I was told by a, a Japanese diplomat. I think it was a second secretary in South Iran is the safest country for the Japanese people on the planet, even safer than Japan. <laughs> they never have incidents. There you go. So, so there are always Japanese people in the embassy or the consulates, and they're always reporting incidents of uh, all kinds of crimes. But apparently, none whatsoever in Iran. That's really impressive. That is. I uh, I wanted to ask Daisy uh, if she could actually explain about some of the rules and regulations for people visiting Iran, because I'm sure you get questions about this, and I'm sure you're probably more familiar than Mohammed and myself about what requirements or what expectations there are of tourists coming here. Now, of course, there's going to be sort of Islamic laws relating to people, but there'll be other things. Daisy, can you explain a little bit about some of the sort of expectations as far as rules and regulations are concerned? Well, that's true. I think a lot of people expect they they will have to follow a lot of rules when they come to Iran, and they are often worried about it. However, actually, there are not so many rules to follow and things to be aware of and this kind of things. Because once again, one thing is that uh, as a foreigner, Iranian, and even authorities, they won't behave with you in a really tough way, okay? You can make some mistakes. It's considered mistakes. So, of course, you, you mentioned it like some Islamic rule. Okay, alcohol is forbidden. You shouldn't drink it, but of course, some people do. And you won't go to jail for that. You know, I have a lot of people who expect, like, ask me, especially women, they have this fear, like, if they don't dress properly, they ask me exactly how they should dress. And they really feel like they could go to jail if they don't. Okay, I don't blame them because of what we read in the news. But that definitely doesn't happen for a tourist. I can give a real exact story on what you're talking about here. Mm -hmm. The first day we got to Tehran, I was with my partner. Uh, obviously, we had the headscarf on. You know, we wear quite loosely in Iran, especially compared to other Middle Eastern nations. Uh, and we went to go catch the metro. Uh, and I, you know, don't read much Iranian. I walked into a women's only carriage. And rather than, you know, where some countries would really just, you know, yell at you immediately, all I had was this little old lady politely come up to me and go, look, I'm guessing you're a tourist. It's a women's only carriage. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, look, I'm so sorry. I really apologize. But I remember my partner, you know, we separated carriages and we're going down doing anything and obviously it's very busy it's peak hour in, in Tehran and her 
uh, headscarf came off. Uh, and obviously she was very worried, you know, you're in Iran or wearing a headscarf. But immediately everyone around her assured her, like, look, it's a mistake. It's very obvious that you've got it on. It's just welcome to metro traffic. You know, so the people's first instinct, in even by locals, isn't, you know, you take it off, you're, you're, you're going to be arrested. Everyone went, look, it happens. That the first words were, look, it's Metro Tehran. It's going to happen. Mm. I think that's a, a good indication on how relaxed most people are about things. Yeah. It's exactly that. I think it's like uh, there are rules to follow. Okay, everybody knows it. You, and it's normal. So whatever country you go in the world, you should also follow at least some, not necessarily the governmental rule, I say, but wherever you go, you try to feed and you dress properly, not to shock anyone or those kind of things. But I've seen so many people I've been with and they're women, especially, they will be so worried and stressed about their hijab every time it falls down. But, uh, you know, for instance, this happened to me also, this difference. Uh, in treatment. It's funny, the first time I came to Iran, I was in Espahan and suddenly two women with black chador, they blocked me <laughs> at the corner of the street, the famous Gashter Shad. Mm. The moral police, yes. Yes, I didn't understand whatever happened. I guess I understood after because at that time I didn't understand what it was. They would talk to me in Farsi. I wouldn't understand anything. So eventually they would ask to see my bag and opening my bag, they saw some stuff written in French and they understood I was a foreigner. I think they may have guessed uh, that I was pretending to be a foreigner because I look Iranian. As soon as I understood they were a foreigner, they put the thing in my bag and they told me in English, I think, have a good trip. And they left. Nice, nice, nice. And that's the difference in treatment. Okay. The, if you're an Iranian, yeah, you can have some trouble, unfortunately, regarding some rules about dressing and this kind of thing. But as soon as they understand you're a tourist, uh, they won't really bother you because, well, well, it's also a political issue. Well, yeah. you know, it would make more problem if you go to the police station as a tourist uh, how the, the story can end yeah. up differently so you need to do i think something quite bad to go to the police station it never happened to me uh, in four years i <laughs> touch wood <laughs> so you know, I, and i've done some stuff i won't tell you now <laughs> well, but... <laughs> we never heard any of that <laughs> so i think you need to do really something put yourself in danger yeah daisy i'll agree with that i've on several occasions had sort of run-in, run-ins with the sort of authority, well, police, I should say, on the streets here. And in every case, at the beginning, at least, I would speak English with them and immediately sort of get that same treatment as you say, where they're like, oh, God, it's a foreigner, okay. And they bend over backwards to actually, like, it flips around. It's not a bad situation. They try and help you. And they're like, okay, you don't know, you don't understand, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. And I learned very early on that in every situation, I should always respond in English. <laughs> and I always get treated very well. And it's funny because I know what they're saying in Persian, but I pretend not to know what they're saying. So I play along a Good little job. bit. I probably shouldn't be admitting this. Uh, yeah, that has happened on a few occasions where they're saying to me in Persian, like, tell your wife. I'm like, yeah, wife. Good one. Uh, to uh, to wear her headscarf more correctly. I'm like, are you lost? Is there anything I can help you here with? I mean, and they're like, no, the headscarf. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, do, do you need to know the directions to somewhere? So I just... Just play dumb and it works every time there you go that's a little pro tip for anyone mm. visiting yeah. well i don't look like a foreigner i'm short and fat and bald and hairy just like any iranian of respectable aryan iranian. descent yeah, respectable yeah iranians of aryan descent, aryan descent yeah. certainly are aryans yeah. but apparently to the authorities when i have made mistakes 
I uh, sounded funny and polite. So they let the dumb, polite, short, <laughs> fatty go. So be polite. Don't be entitled like like those Aussie guys. I mean, you refuse to give them your SD card. I mean, who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah. So Daisy, you were not on. Michael told the story of uh, these Australian guys who came and uh, they they were flying a drone over Tehran over apparently a restricted area, which is basically mm-hmm. everywhere all of in Tehran, Tehran. Basically, yeah. <laughs> so basically anywhere you go, there is a restriction. But uh, that's the thing with drone, actually. A lot of people, they want to bring their drone here. I would say, really, don't do that. Please don't. don't yeah. Because you never know where a military place is here. Yeah. There are so many. So mistakes happen, to, happen really fast. And that can, we've seen it. It can bring a lot of trouble. Yeah. But but the difference was the police approached them and actually asked them, hey, can you delete the photos or hand over the SD card? And we're, we're good. That's all we ask, you know. Exactly. We know it was probably an accident because, you, because you're tourists. And they arced up, went, no, take me to the police station. I'm not handing over my stuff, you know, rah, 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 which is then once it's paperwork is done, that's when you have, you know, the whole thing becomes an incident. Whereas any tourist mm-hmm. who's ever done more than even a modicum of traveling should know that if a local cop comes up and asks, you know, hey, delete the photos or just like get out of here, you 100% take his word and go, yep, sorry about that. I'm a dumb tourist on my way and you get out of there as quick as possible. I mean, it very much changes the story when you realize how, how they were treating the local police and demanding to go to the police station. And that's definitely the problem there. Yeah, and uh, you could have just deleted those photos and recovered the mm-hmm. SD drive later when you're going back. Oh, <laughs> just, don't, don't tell them that. Don't Be tell a little bit tech heavy. If you buy what? a drone, just go look into stuff you can do with your, Let with me, your tech uh, things. I want to add to the drone story, actually, because we got permission to do a television advert using a drone in Tehran, but uh, it got shot down. And it got shut down, and we weren't even. We rushed to go and try and find where it got shut, and they just taken it and denied all knowledge of the thing existing. And still to this day, it's like okay, drone gone, all the footage gone, no one's admitting to taking it. But it was uh, and quite spectacular. Shut down with live ammunition. Yeah, like no, they they the, they military got gun towers. Like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, guys, we have three minutes until we'll need to jump back into the room again because we are cheap like that. We don't. <laughs> no, we're not have... cheap. We're under sanctions. We cannot pay for Zoom. <laughs> yeah, that's our that's our excuse. Subscription. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Is this... That would be illegal for Zoom. They won't have clean money. Yeah. If anyone wants to right. uh, sponsor us and pay for our Zoom for the whole year, we'll be happy about that. Yeah. Or two years. So uh, it'll be great if you can uh, join us back when it does, okay. because I want to get into the hot topic of hostage situations. Michael alluded oh. to this in the way that I'd like to allude to this, which is Iranians, yep. every Iranian family wants to hold you hostage when you go and visit and have dinner with them. And, and Daisy, I'm sure you've got multiple examples. They won't let you leave. I live with a family here, you know, I think I've been hostage then. <laughs> So it can become worse than a dinner. Blink twice if you need help. <laughs> Blink thrice if you've got spare food and you can mail it to me. That'd be great too. <laughs> Give me your address. I used to make the mistake of not really understanding the Iranian practice of tarof, this sort of insincere politeness as I would uh, translate it as. And people would be like, stay the night. Why are you going home? You know, we just had dinner and it's like, you just had dinner at like one in the morning and they like stay the night and they were giving me like pajamas and stuff. And I'd be like, oh my God, this is really rude if I go now. Pajama bottoms Uh, only. Pajama bottoms only. There you go. Extra exciting. But that is known as tar off. Mm. People, Iranians, don't really mean that. You don't need to stay the night at their house, but they will insist. And I'm interested to hear your hostage situations. So let's begin with Michael and his 
hostage situation involving probably lots of kebab and a <laughs> mountain of rice. Spot on. I was in this lovely little cafe that a friend of mine recommended to me. Uh, we went there and ate all these random dishes. And I, I have not eaten that much in a long time. And I was very, very full. And they just kept bringing another dish. And I went, oh, you have to try this. I went, oh, well, you know, okay. I've been being polite. And I kept eating it. And even the ones I didn't really like that much, I was like, look, I'll just keep eating, keep eating. And they just kept bringing it. And it felt like this awful standoff between you know, me being too awkward and polite to say, no, no, please, yeah. no more. I, I just I just can't eat anymore. And her just being like, no, you have to try this as well. It's really nice. And I'm like, oh, you, you've said I have to try it, which means I have to try it. Um, oh, my God. I think I must have eaten you know, three, four whole plates of food by the end. That's it. <laughs> and I think the only thing that stopped me in the end was just, you know, really running out of time, but running out the clock of just like trying to fit more rice in. Oh, my God. I, I just can't. And then she bought ice cream out at the end. And of course, there's a dessert stomach. So you have to have that as well. You know, that's just the rules and can't say no to that. But my God, that that was probably the worst uh, experience I had in the country of just my awkwardness being, you know, if someone says, oh, you have to try this. Well, come on, have a dish. I, I'm absolutely awful with peer pressure. Um, you know, it was, yeah, absolutely lovely food, but I don't recommend eating four plates of it in a row. Michael John. Yeah. Only four, only four. My record, I think, was eight kebabs I had when my grandmother was constantly saying, like, you know, eat more, eat more. Like, well, I lived with my grandmother for a short period. God bless her soul. I put on 10 kilos uh, during that time. But it, it was just from not understanding the whole Torah stuff. <laughs> Michael, we, ha- we, we don't have you for too much longer. Yeah, I've, I've got to jump off. Sorry about that. I've got back-to-back meetings. Uh, okay, we've bigged up Iran a little bit. Do you want to shit-talk Iran a little bit before you go? And yeah. <laughs> So I, again, I say this about everything. Government's very different to people. Uh, some policies of the Iranian government, I, you know, 100% agree with. Um, but you know, it's a, it's a fantastic country. The people are lovely. The food's great. Uh, everyone's absolutely willing to have a chat and a talk. It surprised me how openly happy you know. And you know, I'm a journalist, and people are still willing to come and have pretty frank conversations about their feelings on everything with me. But as much as it was sort of you walk in thinking it's going to be one thing, it really was another. And yeah, you also feel like the richest man in the world when you're there. <laughs> Especially yeah. more so these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, I think the first shock for me was I went into a bank and tried to hand over 50 euros to get changed into reals. And they said, sorry, we don't have that much money here. I was like, oh, the rich guy turns up with his 50 <laughs> euros. <laughs> so everyone around me got some very good tips for a few <laughs> time there. Um, and I still have, you know, a couple of million reals sitting in my, you know, my envelope somewhere in my office. But yeah, it's a fantastic country. Could yeah. buy a box of matches with that, I think. <laughs> You're lucky, or one match at least. Well, I will 100% be back in the country, and amazing. We look whichever forward to happens it. first, either my teeth go or uh, something else. But I've already decided <laughs> no. that. You know, we've had this conversation with my fiance, going, "Look, if we're going to get dentistry work done, we might as well go somewhere where at least the weather's good, the people are great, and the food to recover will be great." So. Iran kind of ticks all those boxes and you think it, it works out even cheaper to fly to Iran, get it done and fly home than to get it done in, in Australia. So there you go. You know, I think on top of that, I don't usually talk medical tourism, but I think it's uh, definitely on my list of I come and have a meal with you with my cheeks normal. Uh, and we'll be I'm sure afterwards I'll have a meal mm, with my cheeks yeah. all puffed up and uh, yeah, I'll just be drinking yeah. the duke. <laughs> but you got, you got to come here and get a nose job and uh, your lips are going to be done complimentarily. Yeah, I guess. yeah. of course. <laughs> you get a nose job, you get the lips these yeah. days. You, it, yeah. they, they come as a package. Look, it's going to be great. I mean, you'll <laughs> so, you know, we'll be dancing on TikTok doing geopolitics, you know, mm. 
mm-hmm. puffing my lips. We don't do TikTok here. <laughs> no. yeah. Sorry. Sorry. TikTok is for kids and commies, and commie kids these days. But uh, <laughs> so, unfortunately, you're not going to be around for when we, by we, I mean me. Uh, start talking shit about Iranian Iranians. I mean, and, and the thing is that if, if anybody has been listening until now, and if they have listened to the previous episodes, they think we're dishonest people talking about how nice Iran is because the other episodes are not mm. like this. But when you come over, I'm going to show you around. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you might change your mind. I, I know. I say this about every single country. You know, even the mm. war zone despot authoritarian states still have lovely people. You know, there is a huge difference between people and government or policies that you might disagree with and food that you might love. Um, I don't yeah, obviously take it. What we do is about geopolitics and we've spoken you know, length about things the Iranian government's done or policies, but talking when it comes down to food and, and people and you know, how cheap a goddamn taxi is there, yeah. <laughs> then, you know, it, it's a whole different story. So I think, you yeah. know, a lot of people, and this is where a lot of the misconceptions are going to tie this whole thing and bring it back to where we started is the misconceptions is people kind of tie what the Iranian government might do externally and what they might project out into the world and put that on the Iranian people. And that's a, that's not correct. Mm. You know, people are not the same as a government for the same reason that I don't sure. agree with everything the Australian government does. Mm. Everything is relative. I'm sorry about Iran. I slightly disagree with you, but I think that's going to be for another conversation. But, um, but I'm pretty sure it's not the case for North Korea. There is no food or taxis there. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, North, North, Korea, North Korea nice. is a whole different kettle of fish, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah, Iran <laughs> and North Korea are uh, slightly different countries. No, um, no, yeah, we don't have nukes yet. <laughs> Practically speaking, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, but North Korea is not sitting on that important waterway. So you know, you guys got that going for you. Yeah. Anyway, look, I've got to head off, guys. Yeah. I got, I've got my producer literally ringing my phone as we speak. Asking oh, okay, am. Michael, thank you ever so much for being generous with your time. Congratulations on George the. Or- new son I'm sure identifies as male and um, everyone check out the Red Line podcast it's amazing it's amazing yeah go check it out it's really good congratulations on the plus 20 million listens we hope to have you back sometime soon take care and we hopefully will see you in Tehran sometime soon sounds good Mm. looking forward to giving you guys a visit and I'll uh, pop down to the Persian Gulf and uh, try and see the turtles and uh, and, Uh, we'll be happy you know as an Australian it's going to feel nice to go somewhere else where oh my god it's even hotter than home you know it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> me and you, we have a kinship of, you know, where we can just bake ourselves by being outside. And, you know, uh, we can do yeah. that mutual sport of watching tourists come who don't wear sunscreen and realize how bad that is eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Come here. We'll enjoy it together. We love together. It's a national sport over <laughs> here where English tourists come over and go, mate, I don't wear sunscreen back home. And you go, well, you are going to be a lobster in about 20 minutes. But, you know, I'm, I'm all, that's my, that's my favorite sport. Anyway, I'll uh, leave you guys to it. Thank you so much for having me on. It was an absolute pleasure, and I'll see you guys soon. Take care, Bye-bye. Michael. Take care. Goodbye. Thank you. So Daisy, 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 where do we go now? What do we talk about now? Tell me, tell me. Let's go somewhere. Yeah, uh, you might have run into this topic, and it's somewhat of a warning that probably should have been said up front in mm. some way, because dual nationals are not recognised in Iran, and that can be complicated 
if you're someone like me, who's a dual national. I imagine, because yeah. <laughs> ignorance will not help me out because me playing dumb on the streets is not going to help me out because I will be treated as an Iranian. As so, Iranian. Yeah, we yeah. said uh, how the police, certain situations, they'll be a bit more relaxed about some of the laws and regulations. But in my case, none of those things yeah. apply. Yeah. I I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I'm a foreigner. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, well, <clears throat> sorry. Let me do the proper accent. I'm a foreigner. I don't know what I'm doing here. And the, the officer is going to say, eat shit, David. Um, Iranian last name with Iranian <laughs> passport here. I'm a foreigner, my ass. Borotu <laughs> van. Get get in the fucking <laughs> patrol. <laughs> oh, gosh. This is experience? Or? <laughs> Thankfully, it's not through experience. <laughs> So, so Daisy, anything to add on the <laughs> lack of acknowledgement for dual nationals here? Well, don't get mm. Iranian passports. <laughs> I would recommend. That's what I'm trying not to do. Do you have to? Uh, well, it would make my life easier because I wouldn't have to get visa and always think about uh, when, mm. how to renew my visa and things like this. Also, I could open a bank account, which I cannot. I, you know, there are lots of things you cannot do <laughs> when you don't have a code Meli. Would it make your life easier? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, on a practical, really <laughs> low level, maybe. The visa is your savior, surely. Carry cash or be branded a terrorist your entire life. That's the choice you gotta make. Which one is easier? Well, maybe, uh, I, yeah, I haven't seen things like this. Mm. It would make my life easier in a way yes. for really little practical things, but maybe much more complicated mm -hmm. when it comes to serious things. And uh, yeah, lots of people who come to Iran, they have this dual citizenship and they want to use yeah. their foreign passport to come here, which a lot of them do. Normally, they're not supposed to. So I guess if you have a last name which sounds Iranian, I don't know if it's really easy to get a visa because they normally Iranian authorities, they want you to come with your Iranian passport. But I know a lot of people who have this two passport, they come with the other Passport. Mm, yeah. yeah. Can I add to that? Because as it is in Iran, if your father is Iranian and your mother is not, as in your father is Iranian and has Iranian nationality, you yourself can apply for nationality. And in my case, that was getting a birth certificate and then subsequently mm -hmm. a passport. But if it was the other way around, as in if I had an Iranian mother, and mm -hmm. a non-Iranian father, I would need to apply for a visa. Yeah, you cannot get a passport. Yeah, this is, I guess, why people keep saying to me, oh, your father's Iranian when they meet me in Iran. It's like, mm. well, because mostly that's going to be the situation. Mm -hmm. But also, yeah, no, but those Iranian men, when they just know me as David. Okay. Yeah. In most cases, I'm sure it's the case that Iranian men were traveling abroad, getting the white women pregnant. Oh, did I say that? Oh. Uh, then they're rejoining the Aryan race somehow. Um, yeah. Where are we going to? <laughs> dark places. The monarchy, are dark places. Yeah, now that we are just the three of us and the subject has switched like this, I, I feel, I don't know, weird. Okay. <laughs> Why? Because the white, the actual white, white person left? <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit, you're right. <laughs> no, no, David, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're Iranian also. So. Mm. Okay, so regarding the visa situation there, is there anything more 
I mean, there's a lot more, obviously. Of course, Do not is. come to us for your advice for visa situations or whatever. Obviously, seek the appropriate authorities. But as far as that sort of dual nationality situation, I think I've generally summarized it. And that like, is a serious consideration, I would say, mm. for people whom that applies to. Yeah. Well, I don't know you know better than me for sure, but yeah, I really believe that uh, when you have dual citizenship, you should be careful, more careful, because we've seen political games and you can become a target much more easily than some random tourists. And that's exactly, actually, while we're here, that is what's mentioned on the website for the travel advice on www.gov.uk foreign mm-hmm. travel advice page about Iran. It might be worth reading this out because I think it slightly applies. So just to clarify for anyone who's listening. The Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office the FCDO advises British nationals against all travel to Iran. There is a significantly high risk that British nationals could be arbitrarily arrested, questioned, or detained in Iran, whether or not you are a British Iranian dual national. There have been a number of British Iranian dual nationals detained in Iran serving long prison sentences. Iran has also recently detained non-Iranian European nationals traveling on tourist visas. The criminal justice process followed in such cases falls below international standards. In such cases, the FCDO ability to provide consular support is extremely limited. Having British connections can be reason enough for the authorities to be suspicious of your activities. Well, if you want, I can read the same in French. Oh, oh you can yeah, do that. Yeah. I want to hear the French now. Tous les voyages sont interdits. Sont il est il est il est très probablement recommandé de ne pas voyager en Iran sous aucune circonstance. Something like this, I imagine. Ouais, ouais, très wow. bien. Euh, oui, tout très belle commande. Ça va bien, merci. Oui, ça va bien, merci. So it's really sexy when the kid also say not to come to Iran. See, everything can be <laughs> seen in a nice way. There's yeah. always a bright side to everything. Right. <laughs> I want to speak French all of a sudden, like fromage du baguette. <laughs> you speak French, obviously, already. Yeah? Okay, I need, mm. to, need to get on Duolingo and learn some more. And words similar to things David would say move us to a <laughs> subject that is sort of related to our episode (laughs) today okay when women are approached by men sometimes they don't feel safe because of men's attitude towards them that could be perceived as suggestive or sexual assaulty kind of attitude what would you say as a non-iranian woman who came to iran sexual assault and uh, a sexual harassment is um, a thing that goes on anywhere including Iran and it's not to be taken uh, yeah. unseriously un- un- it, it well, is to be taken uh, seriously sorry for saying that Mohammad uh, I don't have a really positive image of Iranian men in general but yeah we're fat and short and no that's okay uh, ugly and hairy <laughs> and we're kind of like khanun <laughs> right okay (laughs) this one well the thing is of course there is uh, harassment everywhere in the world and that's also why you know when you travel as a woman everywhere you should be careful about men i don't think in that sense iran is more dangerous than most country once again you know when i was living in paris it was every day Every day I would go out of my apartment, I would have someone telling me something, trying something. Nothing really serious ever happened to me, luckily, but every day, every day in the street. But here in Iran, okay, I had also, I still have, but that's less serious. 
I'm not that bothered really by men uh, in general in the streets. And I think that can probably be explained by the whole relationship, how men treat women and the behavior. They don't, they cannot actually get too close also to women. Mm. So cultural norms, I guess. Okay. Cultural yeah. norms and also legislation. So yeah, yeah, cultural norms would prevent them from being too close and other people around may find it weird if a man do something or they will react or this kind of thing. So also on that point of view, in Iran, I've overall felt safe. And I've been in situations where really, uh, now that I think about it, it's a little bit crazy, like being in 5 a.m., at the bus station in a city I've never been before. I'm alone, those kind of things. And most of the time, the reaction from men will be to help me. But of course, I always also be aware of them. Okay, so I also recommend to women in general, don't be too close to Iranian because as foreigner, as a tourist, the majority of Iranians, I mean, sorry, I hate to make generalities like this, but... From my experience, a lot of Iranian okay, when they see a foreigner, they just think they're so easygoing. I mean, they can sleep with them. Okay, that's the thing. I don't know how many taxi ask me about sex in Tehran. Oh, wow. And they, they just think it's normal. Okay, it's normal. You do that in your country now. Mm. Daisy, you make a good point. I have the same thing. I think like, when they realize I have a annoying accent that I can't shake, I get the same thing. They're like, and then they start asking me the rudest questions. Yeah. I'm just like, why the, why the hell are you asking me? And it's like sexual stuff. They're like, exactly. And I'm like, what? you would never talk with another Iranian like this. Definitely. It's interesting. It happened to men as well. You're like, why you were not asking me how many girlfriends I've got at the same time. This is like a double insult. It's like one, I'm like that much active and then also mm. who are you to ask this yeah <clears throat> okay, I'm keeping his mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that for one and the thing is that i'm pretty sure it is not all your accent when you're speaking in persian that is an english accent rather than your sort of homosexual <laughs> attitude towards <laughs> oh, right. speaking oh, okay. in persian and by asking like how many girlfriends do you have they just want to make sure that you're gonna gay. say none <laughs> okay that's cool. Let's go fuck. Okay. That's Mohammed TK. Sorry, Daisy. I, I, I jumped in only because, yeah. I no, it's that. interesting actually to, to know that it happens to men as well. It means really they have this vision, okay? It's like some people, they, they don't even think you'll be offended about that because yeah, it's exactly. normal. Yeah. Like, it's like we all fuck all together in the metro in, the, in Europe, you know? And so for yeah. women, it's always like, you know, some people, they can be friendly because in the end, that's what they expect. And when I say in the end, they expect yeah. it quite fast, please. Mm. So, yeah. I think, Daisy, your harassment is probably more related to men coming up to you saying, Daisy, Khanum. Uh, sorry, that was a terrible rendition of a really old song. Susan Khanum. Susan Khanum. Which is a nice one, it's funny. That's actually a cute, cute approach. No, I had worse than that. Yeah, oh really? Ah, uh, okay. I'm sure you get asked to get married every day. Am I right? Uh, well, no, I think you're wrong. You know, it's not the marriage which matters once again. If we go back to the conversation before, yeah. <laughs> I don't get so many marriage proposals, but the other kind of proposal, yeah. I'm pretty sure most of those men are already married. 
Yeah, also actually. <laughs> That's the thing. Mm. Let me just add to that, actually. And I hope this doesn't make its way to the edit. On dating apps, like something that I've heard from women on the dating apps is that nearly all of the men are married and and, and say it. Okay, they, but women will ask me, and then early on, they will ask wow. me if I'm married or not. I'm like, why am I here if I'm married? Okay, I don't use um, dating app in Iran because, uh, well, I was sure from the beginning. I, I have installed it, I think, twice and, and removed it immediately because, yeah, I'm pretty sure the people who are on those apps, most of them in Iran probably are married and want to have a girlfriend. And that's something really mm. common. And that's something also here, I feel it's more common from here in the south of Iran, for instance, you have more like traditional society. But believe me, I feel like everybody who is married has one or several girlfriends. Yeah, and tradition on. here is like you, you, you have like four wives. Well, actually here it's uh, legally possible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and some people they do. So, but it's like not so well seen now. So instead of having wives, you have girlfriends. Well, it's legally possible, and uh, in many cases, socially plausible as well. A lot of people go with it. I mean, in communities, etc., etc. Yeah. I don't want to get into that. But uh, then again, you said a lot of people do not propose to you for marriage. I'm wondering because a lot of us need the visa. <laughs> I think French is a hard country to access. And that's why I actually tell it in front to many people. So maybe that's why they give up. But, you know, you need to speak French fluently. Oh. You need to live five years together. Yeah, I guess I did some research. <laughs> so they, it's not an easy country to get the passport. So maybe that's why also. It's too much mm. trouble. So if I sing J'aime le soleil, J'aime <laughs> le jazz, would it make it easier? Would I, would, well, like... you have the fluent part. It's good. Okay. Then you have to bear living with me for five years. That may be harder than oh. speaking French. <laughs> David, I'm pretty sure it's very hot in English for you to go. I'm going on my you own. Go. You go. You go. You got to figure this one out. You got to figure this one out. <laughs> I would never get a French visa. I don't like France. <laughs> I really wanted to join the Legion, though. What? Legion étranger. Ah, yeah. yeah. It's never too late, I think. No, yes. it is too late. I know I'm <laughs> old. I'm fat. I can't run. I don't have combat experience. And I'm on a bunch of blacklists, I think. We can correct that. We can correct that. Yeah, don't lose hope. That's the most important thing in life. Mm, yeah, that's what I have lost a long time ago. So... <laughs> Daisy, we have some incredible feedback from our Instagram audience. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to that in a minute because I want your feedback upon that. But I feel we need to really balance things out a bit here. And we need to really shit talk Iran a little bit more. Mm. I can talk more about the Iranian men if you want. Say more about it. <laughs> That's great. Well, that, we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. Uh, Mohammed really wants to shit talk about this place. Because Iranian are, men? Uh, also Iranian men <laughs> yeah. as well. Like, you want to tell me what you've they done? Touch they touch me in they... appropriately. <laughs> so one thing that is probably something that should be discussed is on your journey to Iran or from Iran as a visitor. Is it safe or not? Well, we have some aviation <sighs> incidents to talk about uh -huh. here. Now, this is a little bit difficult because, uh, was it two, three years ago now, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, the Ukrainian uh, airplane, mm -hmm. unfortunately, was uh, crashed. shot down. No, if it I'm, crashed as a result of it's too like, soon. accidental it's too soon. things okay, that and no, happened. I won't say anything about it. 
Okay. It's better that way. Uh, Iran probably holds some aviation world record for planes falling out of the sky. Mm. Yeah. And you could... It's raining planes. (laughs) Hallelujah, it's raining planes. Wow, that's a really good one. How are we still on the air with jokes like that? Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, planes fall out of the sky. One could put that down to sanctions. Other people, more critical, might say lazy ground stuff. Both of it, I think. But also, it doesn't just come from Iran. I mean, you could be on a journey on your way to Dubai, and the Americans could shoot you out of the sky. Yeah. Is another situation. So aviation is a tricky situation. What year was that? Well, it's less probable. It happened just once. Of course, aviation in (laughs) Which one? The Ukrainian plane? No, okay. We're talking about the Persian Gulf. Yeah, right above your head. They were actually going over where you are. You could watch it. And uh, if you were there then, you could actually watch the incident. So if the Iranians don't get you, the Americans will. (laughs) Good conclusion. (laughs) The thing is that the Americans will get you because aviation incidents here, several of them are blamed on lack of proper parts and maintenance yeah, exactly. because of sanctions. Definitely. I think they're from about 2,000 years ago, those planes, mm. uh, or something like that. But this is a segue, because aviation incidents are very infrequent, even in Iran. But, Daisy, I'm sure Because we don't agree. have many more planes left anyway. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so friends of mine have asked me, I want to come to Iran, how is it, or whatever, and immediately... In my head, I think, no. And I think, no, mostly because I envisage them crossing the road in Iran. Now, traffic incidents in Iran are incredibly high. Absolutely. I think we literally have the highest amount of road incidents in the world. Yeah, I think we're second. Really? Wow, we're finally not number one. (laughs) The problem is, Iranians have a certain style, you could say, Mm. about driving. Now, the style is not usual for tourists visiting Iran. And I have the situation when I've been with visitors to Iran, you have to kind of hold their hand and drag them across the road in front of cars. Now, my advice to anyone visiting Iran is the... hmm, Actually, I probably shouldn't give advice about this because it's a very dangerous situation. Just keep going, is what I'm going to say. Go slowly. I would say the drivers do not expect you to stop. Definitely. So where I see problems arrive is when, if you're being cautious whilst crossing the road, they don't understand what you're doing. Yeah. So normally they'll expect you to just keep going. So when you stop, they get confused. And then it causes accidents, I think, is the situation. Again, do your own safety judgment things here. But um, I think the biggest problem, and when friends of mine say, uh, I'm going to come to Iran, in my head, I'm like, oh my God, are you ready for the roads? <laughs> That's not so bad, though. I don't know. Maybe I get used to it so much. But I, I believe the rule is like this. Just go. Even when you drive, yeah, as you say, always go. Don't stop. Uh, when I came back to France, always I forget about everything. I go. I approach a roundabout and I stop. And people are like, hey, it's wrong here. Go. Just go. And just go. But go slowly. In France, when we drive... Uh, we tend to pass in front of the other really fast and this kind of thing. You should do it fast. But here is the opposite. Just go slowly, see how it goes, see which one goes first and this kind of things. And it, it's usually okay in the end. If not, Iran has good hospital 
No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really? It's cheap. At least. No, no, no. It's not good. Actually, I was thinking about it, but it's cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's cheap. Yeah. yeah, well, you pay for what you get. Well, I <laughs> it's cheap for a reason. <laughs> have had my experience quite recently. It's not really that cheap if you don't earn euros <laughs> or dollars or not in short. But anyway, my suggestion is that do not relax when you're trying to cross the street. Everybody has their own method. You learn yours. Do not just expect drivers to behave like whatever you're used to. <laughs> it's a new thing. It's totally different. It's totally unique. So you have to look at other people, watch and learn. Yeah, actually in Iran, what I would do at the beginning is that I would not cross the street myself in Tehran. I would always wait someone cross and you know you go with that person. That's the safest way. Exactly. Exactly. A mirror what they do until you learn. Yeah. I would like to yeah. add to that as well. If you see a zebra crossing, zebra crossing, or <laughs> a pelican crossing, or whatever mm. they call it, Cross wherever walk. you're from, do not expect the cars are going to stop. Because they yeah. will not stop. They honestly will not it's stop. It's really funny. Yeah. And red lights don't necessarily mean red as well. So uh, you've been warned. Yeah. is the situation. Yeah, I have a friend, um, she's Iranian and she recently immigrated to Italy, I mean, a year now, and she was telling me just yesterday, she was telling me, I'm still puzzled with your thing, like the zebra crossing. I still don't, I always forget you have it and you have to use it. Also, I'm really uncomfortable with a car stop to let me cross. I'm like, no, the farm, I chum the farm. I'm just after one yeah. year. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's the rule. We are supposed to stop actually. So it's okay, go for it. Actually, that's really funny doing the tar off with a driver as a pedestrian. <laughs> yeah, every time I'm in that situation, I'm always also confused because the guy is like, why aren't you crossing the street? I'm stopping for you. And I'm like, are you sure? Because, <laughs> like, I mean, oh, wait, okay, I'm not in Iran. So, yeah, probably I can do that. Daisy, I suggest that we cut this and rejoin if you have time and we do the Instagram stuff. Are you okay for time? Mm. Okay, okay, no problem. Okay, cool. So we'll join you in a second. 20 minutes later. So what we can do is... Jesus, what, uh, Daisy, you're recording on your laptop, right? After roughly 22 minutes and 31 seconds, Mr. Muhammad realized that Zoom, the app trusted by many and for several years, had not been recording the conversation. They had to go over all of the points again for the record. Precious time had been wasted and hilarious jokes were lost. But an important lesson was learned that day. Never trust Zoom to save the settings. It was the last... Oh, it was since the Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we do the Instagram stuff again? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Daisy, do you have time? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Let's do this. <laughs> Daisy, we have answers to three questions that we put out there to our Instagram audience. The first of which being, how safe is it to visit Iran? Which we gave a slider scale to. Then we moved on to a subsequent question that was about safely visiting I am. Uh, we put it down to a male and female. So just to get the difference, do men <laughs> feel safer, women feel safer in this situation? And the last question, we asked people why they felt that it was safe or not safe to visit Iran. So uh, let's go through some of those responses. And let's begin with the first one here. So Daisy, 
we had a slider scale here. What do you think was the response to the slider scale here? What percentage do Iranians feel that it's safe to visit Iran? Uh, I tend to believe that Iranian, they are like more negative about their own country. Mm, however, with this question in particular, I think they're still positive. I don't know. It's safe about like 80% of them. I would say something like this because they're so used to this question. I, it's something so natural for Iranian to say, you're right, safe. It's like a, the slogan of the country. So I think majority of them. Yes, you got that exactly right. Because yes, Iranians, I think, are being a little bit sort of proud about the nation here. And we're like, no, it's safe. It's fine. But if you enter into details, they may say something differently. But this one, they are so used to say, no, it's safe. Ah, we'll get to that. We will get to that. But a, a lot of the responses were kind of, it was either three. It was like full on yes, halfway or no. Yeah, there wasn't really anyone sort of did anything in between. So yes, more than not, I would say 75, 80% saying yes, it's safe mm -hmm. to travel to Iran. Mm -hmm. Next up with the sort of gender split here. So now what would you imagine like male and female sort of response would be to this? Like what, are women feeling it's more safe, men uh, feeling it's less safe, vice versa? I think men would say it's safe in general. Like majority of men saying it would be safe. and But I'm pretty sure the more women say it's unsafe. But do you think it's something general? A general as in around the world, you probably get the same response, you think? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's exactly that. Yeah, so women is slightly more. So mm -hmm. it's not 50-50, but slightly more women uh, say that it's safe relative to not. So uh, more specifically, that's 54 saying that it was safe, 48 saying not safe. And the men are more optimistic in this. So uh, there is twice as many men saying that it's safe relative to men. So uh, mirroring exactly as mm. you said there. Uh, Mohamed, anything to add on the gender split? Yeah, I think you got to cut, cut the numbers for women in half because their opinion worth is half of a man's. Mohamed makes a very good point there. Yeah, we're in Iran, so. Yeah. So, yeah, so, mm -hmm. so therefore... Not I hadn't done the misogyny. Yeah, you, right you haven't here. done the Did misogyny. Did I do my misogyny right here? Eh. <laughs> yeah, he does this so well. <laughs> there is one misogyny at least per episode. Oh, this is just one? Okay. I, I've been trying. I was it's like, okay. You know, I live in Iran now, so just one a day is really. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but then again, I tried uh, to speak like the French do, and that made me a little bit more feminine and less misogynistic. No comment. No comment. No comment either. So. So, Daisy, by the magic of technology, right in front of your eyes, mm -hmm. 22 minutes ago, uh, you oh. received. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Now, for, for those that are listening to precisely this part, there was a whole section of this that we recorded. That where the hell is that, Mohammed? Where did it go? I don't know. Guess who fucked up? <laughs> yes. right? right? So, Daisy, let's, let's repeat exactly what we said 22 minutes ago. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I'm, I'm not complaining because this okay. is going to be way more efficient now. Oh, the so, uh, so anyone's that stuck out for you. Mm. So hold on, let me just preface this by saying this is the qualitative questions. Uh, these are. And this is the why is Iran safe or not safe to visit? So mm -hmm. Daisy, we got some feedback. What did they say? Well, we have a lot of answers saying what we've been saying. 
Hello, internet gadget. And, and, and now hold on, she's back, she's back. Okay, hold, hold on, Daisy, hold up a second. There's a massive delay at yeah. the moment. We're going to disconnect and come back. And one of the most annoying thing in Iran is definitely internet. Ah. Oh. David was playing the guitar and singing yeah. romantic songs and he sounded like oh, he's missing you so much. I miss yeah, that. On the dark desert highway, <laughs> cool wind in my hair, warm smell of Kalitas, rising up through the air, up ahead at the distance. It's a shimmering light. My head grew <laughs> But I just can't know. There she was at the door. I don't know the rest <laughs> With the ringing mission bell. I kept thinking to myself yeah. this could be heaven or this could be hell. And the voices keep calling me. <laughs> I don't know the rest of it. Yeah. Na, 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 na. David. David. Shame you didn't come here to record, really. Pretty much soon. We'll, we'll, yeah. do, we'll do one more. We're going to go to the. <laughs> Make sure he brings the guitar. Welcome to the hotel. There's no guitar California. there. California. Oud, oh. if you want. You can play Oud. Such oh. a lovely place. I'm yeah. Desi, can you please stop him? <laughs> Say something to stop Such him. Such a I tried. I'm giving him hints and like uh, okay, shakes whatever, and nods and he's not responding. It's an artist. It wasn't it. Uh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I, was yeah. I was in the moment. Okay, okay. let's get back to this. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I wanted REM, but uh, we'll have to come back to that. So we have right, some <laughs> answers here. Daisy. <laughs> Yes. Read out the ones that tickled you. Okay, and it's the first time I see this, so I can... Of course, yeah, yeah. 22 minutes ago, you didn't see that. Uh, okay. There's lots of uh, answers with, which point out what we were saying before. They don't do anything to tourists, for instance. Iran is safe for tourists. Yes. As long as you're informed and respect the rules, though. Exactly. This person adds. I think it's the case everywhere in the world almost mm. yes people are nice with tourists and help them can i add a weird one here oh yes please because there were a couple of responses related to clerics here so the first one being if you don't have any clerical job in the government you are safe which i find a little bit weird because surely if you have a clerical position you are more safe you want to be safe and do whatever you want in your own have some kind of position or contact that's oh, yeah. what I was thinking. But somebody else adds, because of mullahs, it's not safe. So It is not safe because of because mullahs. Because of yeah. the clerics. <laughs> right. But the thing is that a lot of people think that Iran is not good or safe or prosperous or whatever because of mullahs, because of the Islamic Republic, because of the men in turbans uh, ruling the country. I beg to differ. I mean, I see a lot of other stuff uh, yeah, contributing to the pacter as well. Any question you may ask? What? 
Any question you may ask to Iranian, I think at some point, if you ask too many people, uh, in the end, you're... It's my internet again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's probably here, actually. Do you hear me? Uh, I think we got it, though. I think we got it. But there there were two responses here kind of related to one another about sort of how unpredictable the place is. So somebody says here, cause it is unpredictable. And a, another person, friend of the show, who we will not name, adds to that saying, because it is fucked up. So I think like the haphazard nature of Iran is, is probably something that people uh, perceive as being unsafe about the place. And I might kind of agree, it's a bit mad here. It seems a little bit chaotic. Hmm. Specifically, like the last comment you read was from a, a gentleman who was not raised here. He grew up elsewhere, like in a different country, an island to the west of Europe. But, you know, you cannot see the harmony in Iran oh, if you beautiful. haven't lived here long enough. So it seems like a mad, fucked up, uncultured chaos like uh, like a bunch of savages running over each other on the road <laughs> okay. and they yeah. got their hands in each other's pockets but that's also what makes the charm ah charming <laughs> yeah i'll I'm go with that sure that's charming that. yeah daisy was there anything else there that stood out to you with the ones we sent you uh no i just yeah i actually agree with the fucked up situation and unpredictable play i kind of liked it you have to like it you have to be flexible when you come to visit Iran, yeah, and everything will be fine. Yeah, exactly. That's a very good point, Daisy. Yeah. I would say, adapt. Yeah. Iran requires an incredible amount of flexibility and uh, adaptability. Which, yeah, um, I want to also add, camouflage. Camouflage can help. Yes. Yeah, but you don't want to be seen by too many people. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You don't want to be really noticed. Like you got to be uh, dressed up like Calipache so you blend in. Um, so this uh, lady or gentleman says uh, hostage policy. <laughs> oh my god! Awkward. Let's not talk about that at this point. That's a tricky Maybe one. Maybe later. There, there are two here that kind of relate to one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one being quite amusing. So uh, related to what Mohammed said as well. Well, it's as safe as walking into a bank during a hostage situation, <laughs> which relates to, uh, uh, well, I think at least, relates to the next one that is random police raids. Yeah. Now, is that a thing? Police raids are never random. It's a really dramatical Iranian-style uh, answer about how, it, how safe is Iran. It's such a... Iranian type answer hmm. to say thing like this. We love drama. We have a huge delay and freeze and stuff like this. Yeah, hopefully it will come back. Hopefully it will come back. Let Mohammed continue with the police raid thing and hopefully Daisy you'll get back into the connection. I actually wanted to ask Daisy what she thinks about the random police raids. Mm, well, I don't have <laughs> any experience in that matter, so um, you know, that's the thing that most people, I think, expect because of the movies, because we all seen it in movies. But uh, I don't think that's mm. something that happens so much. At least uh, it should be really a huge party and things like which really goes crazy because the people have, are having party all the time every weekend. And that doesn't happen so often that the police comes. Exactly. So compared to the number of parties that are going on. There are not really too many of them, and they're not really random. Uh, it's not like there are police patrols, and they may or may not find a party going on there. You probably have pissed off your neighbor, and they called 
the authorities. So you may be raided, your house may be raided by either the police or uh, the Basij, which is the militia. voluntary militia. Yeah. To, to just come in because basically men and women being in a house, like dancing together is illegal. Alcohol adds more to the illegal situation. And if people are smoking controlled substances... Yeah, just I'm I'm giving Iranian legal system a lot of credit, but uh, yeah, so controlled substances like if you're smoking weed or hash or doing God forbid, coke in a party, it's they're all very highly illegal. Orgies are of course illegal as well. So when a police comes in, it's usually because you're being too loud and uh, you have pissed your neighbor off or neighbors. Yeah. One no, way to deal with it I agree. is... Bring the police. Yeah. Awesome. One way to deal with... <laughs> yeah, David has a noisy neighbor and a smelly yes, neighbor. Yes, I'm talking about you, number 15. Tabaghe char. Tabaghe char, wahed punzda. Yeah, yeah. Daisy, like I have, I have a neighbor. I have a neighbor that like his family own the house. He's like a young guy and he has friends around every day and they stay up until like three, four in the morning and literally, they're just doing this. They're just going like, Dadash! Dadash! It's so yeah. annoying. And not that I have had a close encounter with cannabis, but it smells like weed. Yeah. Like, Can you call the police for that? Yeah, no, the neighbors called the police and they uh, totally took care of that situation. I was like, fucking right. Yeah, they took Cunt. care of them good. Fucking assholes. Really good. It still goes on. It's so annoying. It still goes on. Um, yeah. So basically, basically, if you don't want to piss your neighbors off, fucking invite them. Exactly. At, invite the, them. at least invite them. Yes. Taruf. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So uh, I'm going to read a funny one out and mm-hmm. then go to another topical one. So uh, tourists are treated like royals. Kind of affirming something that we said earlier. Give me That's the stage. because of the exchange rate, by the way. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Money talks. So uh, give me the stage, Mohammed. Do I get the stage? Drum roll. Yeah. Here's the stage. Ready? <laughs> it used to be safe, but now, thanks to the dire economic conditions, streets are full of pickpocketers. <laughs> now, Daisy, that um, means nothing to you. But yeah. we have a beloved respondent to uh, mm-hmm. the podcast. Yeah. Some have said that he sounds a bit like that. I yeah. wouldn't say that. But anyway, that was that one. <laughs> Daisy, was there, was there <laughs> any other ones that stuck out to you that you want to read? Well, I've just seen this one, which uh, is kind of saying it's safe and not safe. And it's safe enough. Not as bad as what Western media expresses. Not as safe as Switzerland. Mm. The guy is Iranian, though. Mm. Has he been to Switzerland? Have you been to Switzerland? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say your name for reasons. I don't know. Is Switzerland really that safe? They're all asleep at six o'clock. I don't know. I haven't been myself. It has like a reputation. Like, but is it as safe as you know? You know, I'm not even sure. One, it is a small country, small population, small minds. I wouldn't say that, but a lot of like goat herding Heidi's and uh, I mean, they couldn't harm anyone like, yay, I got a goat and I'm, and I'm Swiss girl, a Swiss girl and I got a goat and this girl is on wheelchair. 
Like how much <laughs> heart never, can come I've out of that? I've never heard Mohammed do that impression before. So. I like that. I like that. Right? And, and I wouldn't see which one of you was speaking like this. It was really puzzling. It was David, too. probably. Me too. And the thing is that a lot of them carry guns as What? well. I would, yeah. In Switzerland? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Actually, the Swiss and guns are a thing. There you go. You heard it here first. Mm. The military service is uh, mandatory mm -hmm. and... Uh, May not be that safe. So <laughs> that, I think, concludes the section of the listener feedback there. Thank you, Daisy, for reading those out. So, Daisy, what are we missing? What have we mm -hmm. not spoken about, about how safe or not it is to come to Iran? I think we've, we've spoken about most of the topics. We've spoken about the fact how safe it is for tourists, how women should avoid Iranian men. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How you should invite your neighbors when you make a party. Okay. Well, I would say foreign men should avoid Iranian women as well because in five minutes you'll have to deal with Iranian men. Uh -huh. Maybe I need to counter this up here, Daisy, by saying my experience of Iranian women... Uh-huh, yes, please. It's not something that I'm brave enough to talk about on the podcast, and I talk about some brave subjects. But I'm not going to talk about that. But, oh my God, is it safe for a foreign man to come here and get shacked up with an Iranian woman? You better hope you got a lot of money and a lot of tolerance. <laughs> Definitely. Actually, maybe also unsafe for uh, foreign men to come to Iran if they don't want to get back to their country and being married. Yeah, exa oh, that, mm. Exactly. Good point. Daisy, Dota, Dota bigger. Dota. The two wives. <laughs> you can have more. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I got one more thing to add. I think generally you should, as a tourist, avoid the borders, especially borders with Pakistan and Afghanistan. Uh, there have been incidents close to those borders, so avoid Sistan. Is this so because of smuggling? Is this smuggling situation? Those drug dudes. <laughs> the runners. Yeah. And, uh, and also the terrorists. So, okay. uh, mm. yeah. I think you should avoid the borders as well. Daisy, your disagreement <laughs> is due now. I would not agree uh, that much with that. I mean, of course, uh, you should avoid going to really like border border where there's nothing to do for a tourist but for instance I've been to Chabahar myself when I was a tourist before I wouldn't speak any Farsi I went to Sistan Babachistan and really when you go to touristic places it's uh, it's safe and uh, hmm. of course don't go to the border where people are doing trafficking and avoid also doing trafficking with them yeah. but otherwise you know you can go to Kurdistan and those kind of places it's, it's safe as long as you go to as long as you don't do anything illegal no of course don't do anything illegal anywhere anyway <laughs> especially espionage really? or journalism or talking oh. too much or looking at Shit. women oh. drugs and alcohol <laughs> so Daisy, thank you ever so much for joining us today and helping us answer the question of is it safe to visit Iran as a tourist? Just to conclude the episode, do you still, after all the conversation that we've had, do you still think it's safe or not safe to visit Iran? Uh, well, first, thank you guys. It was also a pleasure to talk with you and to talk about this thing. And of course, uh, even if we talk about some various topics, once again, Iranian men, <laughs> I'd said that really Iran is a safe country and when you come visit the country as a tourist and you do nothing weird that you wouldn't do in any other country in the world, well, really, I believe it's safe and it's totally fine to come. 
Okay, great. And Daisy, help us out here. Do you want tourists to come and stay and help you out with your tourist activities? If so, tell them how they can get in contact with you or where they can learn more about uh, visiting Gesh and checking out the beautiful island of Gesh to see those cute little turtles. Mm, and maybe have some fried turtle eggs. Sava. About the turtle eggs, I'm not so sure, but there is lots of fun activities they can have here <laughs> and uh, they can eat a lot of other stuff. Anyway, wait, well, they can get in touch with me on my Instagram. My full name is Daisy Lorenzi. They can also get in touch and come visit Pesh through this, this homestay I work with, Koludang. And I have a blog also, which uh, I didn't publish anything on since a year, but maybe one day it will happen again. And this blog is uh, De Paris à Tehran. Yeah, it's in French. ParisTehran.com. Amazing. We will be linking to those on our website. Go check out askaniranian.com and uh, find the appropriate episode. And you can find the links to Daisy's homestay and her blogs and uh, podcast activities. Daisy, you have been incredible. Thank you ever so much for joining us today and adding your input. Thank you, guys. Being patient with our terrible humor. My humor in particular is not at all terrible. It is very sweet and lovely. (laughs) I had live music today. I'm really honored to have been your guest. Our pleasure. And hopefully we'll see you in Tehran sometime soon. Hope to see you here in Pesh. Come. It's much better than... Tehran. We shall come. Yeah. Actually, I think you're going to see us in Gresh sooner than you're going to be in Tehran by the sounds of it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, expect us. Get ready for us. We're going to be there. I'm hoping November is going to be slightly more tolerable weather. From one month from now, even less, it's, it's okay. The weather is nice. Hopefully, we can talk live with less delay. We're going to join you very, very soon. Yeah, Absolutely, and you're going to regret it totally. <laughs> yeah. Challenge accepted. Daisy will say goodbye for now. Thank you for joining us on this episode and for adding your input. Thank you, Daisy. Thank you. Khodafes. 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 Khodafes.